Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Chapter 14 of Little Men. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Jen Raimundo. Little Men by Louisa May Alcott. Chapter 14. Damon and Pythias. Mrs. Bear was right. Peace was only a temporary lull. A storm was brewing, and two days after Bess left, a moral earthquake shook Plumfield to its center. Tommy's hens were at the bottom of the trouble, for if they had not persisted in laying so many eggs, he could not have sold them and made such sums. Money is the root of all evil, and yet it is such a useful root that we cannot get on without it any more than we can without potatoes. Tommy certainly could not, for he spent his income so recklessly that Mr. Bear was obliged to insist on a savings bank and presented him with a private one an imposing tin edifice with the name over the door and a tall chimney down which the pennies were to go there to rattle temptingly till leave was given to open a sort of trap-door in the floor the house increased in weight so rapidly that tommy soon became satisfied with his investment and planned to buy unheard-of treasures with his capital he kept account of the sums deposited and was promised that he might break the bank as soon as he had five dollars on condition that he spent the money wisely only one dollar was needed and the day Mrs. Joe paid him for four dozen eggs, he was so delighted that he raced off to the barn to display the bright quarters to Nat, who was also laying by money for the long-desired violin. "'I wish I had him to put with my three dollars. Then I'd soon get enough to buy my fiddle,' he said, looking wistfully at the money. "'Perhaps I'll lend you some. I haven't decided yet what I'll do with mine,' said Tommy, tossing up his quarters and catching them as they fell. "'Hi, boys!' "'Come down to the brook and see what a jolly great snake Dan's got,' called a voice from behind the barn. "'Come on,' said Tommy, and laying his money inside the old winnowing machine, away he ran, followed by Nat. The snake was very interesting, and then a long chase after a lame crow and its capture so absorbed Tommy's mind and time that he never thought of his money till he was safely in bed that night. "'Never mind. No one but Nat knows where it is.' said the easy-going lad, and fell asleep untroubled by any anxiety about his property. Next morning, just as the boys assembled for school, Tommy rushed into the room breathlessly, demanding, I say, who has got my dollar? What are you talking about? asked Franz. Tommy explained, and Nat corroborated his statement. Everyone else declared they knew nothing about it, and began to look suspiciously at Nat, who got more and more alarmed and confused with each denial. "'Somebody must have taken it,' said Franz, as Tommy shook his fist at the whole party and wrathfully declared that, 
By thunder, turtles, if I get hold of the thief, I'll give him what he won't forget in a hurry. Keep cool, Tom. We shall find him out. Thieves always come to grief, said Dan, as one who knew something of the matter. Maybe some tramp slept in the barn and took it, suggested Ned. No, Silas don't allow that. Besides, a tramp wouldn't go looking in that old machine for money, said Emil with scorn. Wasn't it Silas himself? said Jack. Well, why like that? Old size as honest as daylight. You wouldn't catch him touching a penny of ours, said Tommy, handsomely defending his chief admirer from suspicion. Whoever it was had better tell and not wait to be found out, said Demi, looking as if an awful misfortune had befallen the family. I know you think it's me, broke out Nat, red and excited. You are the only one who knew where it was, said Franz. I can't help it. I didn't take it. I tell you I didn't. I didn't, cried Nat in a desperate sort of way. Gently, gently, my son, what is all this noise about? And Mr. Bear walked in among them. Tommy repeated the story of his loss, and, as he listened, Mr. Bear's face grew graver and graver, for, with all their faults and follies, the lads till now had been honest. Take your seats, he said, and when all were in their places he added slowly as his eye went from face to face with a grieved look that was harder to bear than a storm of words. Now, boys, I shall ask each one of you a single question, and I want an honest answer. I am not going to try to frighten, bribe, or surprise the truth out of you, for every one of you have got a conscience and know what it is for. Now is the time to undo the wrong done to Tommy, and to set yourselves right before us all. I can forgive the yielding to a sudden temptation much easier than I can deceit. Don't add a lie to the theft, but confess frankly, and we will all try to help you make us forget and forgive. He paused a moment, and one might have heard a pin drop the room was so still. Then slowly and impressively he put the question to each one, receiving the same answer in varying tones from all. Every face was flushed and excited, so that Mr. Barrett could not take color as a witness and some of the little boys were so frightened that they stammered over the two short words as if guilty, though it was evident they could not be. When he came to Nat, his voice softened, for the poor lad looked so wretched Mr. Bear felt for him. He believed him to be the culprit, and hoped to save the boy from another lie by winning him to tell the truth without fear. Now, my son, give me an honest answer. Did you take the money? No, sir, and Nat looked up at him imploringly. As the words fell from his trembling lips, somebody hissed. "'Stop that!' cried Mr. Bear, with a sharp rap on his desk, as he looked sternly toward the corner whence the sound came. Ned, Jack, and Emile sat there, and the first two looked ashamed of themselves. But Emile called out, "'It wasn't me, Uncle. I'd be ashamed to hit a fellow when he is down,' cried Tommy, who was in a sad state of affliction at the trouble his unlucky dollar had made. "'Silence!' commanded Mr. Bear. And when it came, he said soberly, I am very sorry, Nat, but evidences are against you, and your old fault makes us more ready to doubt you than we should be if we could trust you as we do some of the boys, who never fib. But mind, my child, I do not charge you with this theft. I shall not punish you for it till I am perfectly sure, nor ask anything more about it. I shall leave it for you to settle with your own conscience. If you are guilty, come to me at any hour of the day or night and confess it, and I will forgive and help you to amend. If you are innocent, the truth will appear sooner or later, and the instant it does, I will be the first to beg your pardon for doubting you, 
and will so gladly do my best to clear your character before us all. I didn't, I didn't, sobbed Nat with his head down upon his arms, for he could not bear the look of distress and dislike which he read in the many eyes fixed on him. I hope not. Mr. Bear paused a minute, as if to give the culprit, whoever he might be, one more chance. Nobody spoke, however, and only sniffs of sympathy from some of the little fellows broke the silence. Mr. Bear shook his head and added regretfully, There is nothing more to be done, then, and I have but one thing to say. I shall not speak of this again, and I wish you all to follow my example. I cannot expect you to feel as kindly toward anyone whom you suspect as before this happened, but I do expect and desire that you will not torment the suspected person in any way. He will have a hard enough time without that. Now, go to your lessons. Father Bear let Ned off too easy, muttered Ned to Emile as they got out their books. Hold your tongue, growled Emile, who felt that this event was a blot upon the family honor. Many of the boys agreed with Ned, but Mr. Bear was right, nevertheless, and Nat would have been wiser to confess on the spot and have the trouble over, for even the hardest whipping he ever received from his father was far easier to bear than the cold looks, the avoidance, and general suspicion that met him on all sides. If ever a boy was sent to Coventry and kept there, it was poor Nat, and he suffered a week of slow torture, though not a hand was raised against him, and hardly a word said. That was the worst of it. If they would only have talked it out, or even have thrashed him all around, he could have stood it better than the silent distress that made every face so terrible to meet. Even Mrs. Bears showed traces of it, though her manner was nearly as kind as ever, but the sorrowful, anxious look in Father Bear's eyes cut Nan to the heart, for he loved his teacher dearly, and knew that he had disappointed all his hopes by this double sin. Only one person in the house entirely believed in him, and stood up for him stoutly against all the rest. This was Daisy. She could not explain why she trusted him against all appearances. She only felt that she could not doubt him, and her warm sympathy made her strong to take his part. She would not hear a word against him from anyone, and actually slapped her beloved Demi when he tried to convince her that it must have been Nat, because no one else knew where the money was. Maybe the hens ate it. They are greedy old things, she said, and when Demi laughed, she lost her temper, slapped the amazed boy, and then burst out crying and ran away, still declaring, He didn't, he didn't, he didn't. Neither aunt nor uncle tried to shake the child's faith in her friend, but only hoped her innocent instinct might prove sure and loved her all the better for it. Nat often said, after it was over, that he couldn't have stood it if it had not been for Daisy. When the others shunned him, she clung to him closer than ever, and turned her back on the rest. She did not sit on the stairs now when he solaced himself with the old fiddle, but went in and sat beside him, listening with a face so full of confidence and affection that Nat forgot disgrace for a time and was happy. She asked him to help her with her lessons, she cooked him marvellous messes in her kitchen, which he ate manfully, no matter what they were, for gratitude gave a sweet flavour to the most distasteful. She proposed impossible games of cricket and ball, when she found that he shrank from joining the other boys. She put little nosegays from her garden on his desk, and tried in every way to show that she was not a fair-weather friend, but faithful through evil as well as good repute. Nan soon followed her example, in kindness at least curved her sharp tongue, and kept her scornful little nose from any demonstration of doubt or dislike, which was good of Madame Giddy-Gaddy, for she firmly believed that Nat took the money. Most of the boys let him severely alone, but Dan, though he said he despised him for being a coward, watched over him with a grim sort of protection, and promptly cuffed any lad who dared to molest his mate or make him afraid. His idea of friendship was as high as Daisy's, 
and, in his own rough way, he lived up to it as loyally. Sitting by the brook one afternoon, absorbed in the study of the domestic habits of water spiders, he overheard a bit of conversation on the other side of the wall. Ned, who was intensely inquisitive, had been on tenterhooks to know certainly who was the culprit, for of late one or two of the boys had begun to think that they were wrong. Nat was so steadfast in his denials, and so meek in his endurance of their neglect. This doubt had teased Ned past bearing, and he had several times privately beset Nat with questions, regardless of Mr. Bear's express command. Finding Nat reading alone on the shady side of the wall, Ned could not... Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.